0: If you have a copy of the scriptures, open up to Matthew chapter 19. Um, If you're visiting with us this morning, my name is Aaron. They let me be one of the pastors here. And also, if you're curious, the church doesn't normally look like this. Um, It's VBS week, so VBS starts for us tomorrow evening. And so our church name is not Zoomerang or anything like that. It's still Living Hope. Um, But uh, we're just going to celebrate that. And we're going to do a message this morning called Why Kids Ministry. I thought this was an important moment in the life of our church to talk through why do we invest time, dollars, and people into kids ministry as a church family? And you'll also notice today too, we're joined by some friends who are from Arkansas. So if you're talking to somebody this morning and you're thinking, "Man, they talk really weird," Um, it's it's because they're not from here. And so we've got a mission team from Arkansas that has joined us uh, this week, and so they're going to be working with. Uh, probably about six or seven, I think, of our community partners across Northwest Columbus serving at VBS with us, doing work at the Finding Hope Center this week, so much that they're going to be doing. And so I encourage you, Living Hope family, after church today, take a moment, shake their hand, meet them, get to know them, and uh, if you need a translator, their youth pastor can help you with that, all right? Well, if you'll stand with me in honor of reading God's Word, Matthew chapter 19, we're going to read three verses, starting in verse 13. Verse 13. And God's Word says this, it says, Then the children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them, and Jesus said, Leave the children alone, and don't try to keep them from coming to me, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And after placing his hands on them, Jesus went on from there. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And Lord, we thank you for this time that we have together this morning, God, to answer this simple question of why kids' ministry? God, why do we invest so much into this important part of our church family? And God, I pray now, even on the eve of our first VBS ever, and God, would you soften our hearts to hear from you today? Lord, teach us what we need to know about this important ministry in the life of our church and what it means to the heart of God and to the kingdom of God. So God, give us ears to hear from you this morning. And God, we pray for soft and receptive hearts today, Lord, not just to hear, but to receive. And God, we pray, as James talks about, Lord, for willing and obedient hands and feet to walk out in obedience what we learn from the scriptures today, Lord. Because what good is it to hear the word if we do nothing with it? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to try this morning. They moved my podium back on me, and I didn't know how it would work with a parrot and everything to preach this morning. So I'm going to try to preach without a podium today, and we'll see how this goes. One of my earliest memories personally in the life of the church growing up was kids' ministry. And what's interesting is I was thinking back this week, watching so many volunteers decorating for our first VBS, thinking back on my childhood, we didn't have a kids ministry at any level like we do here at Living Ho. But one thing I do remember, and I have vivid memories of this, is a Sunday school teacher I had named Mark. I was probably 10 or 11 years old, and I remember Mark being my Sunday school teacher. We didn't have a fancy Sunday school room. In fact, at that time, if memory serves me correctly, it was tile floors, blue walls, and a round table in the middle of a room with three or four chairs around it. That was the extent of our kids' ministry classroom. But as I thought back to it this week, and it, it kind of chokes me up a little bit thinking about it, is the one thing I remember about Mark is every Sunday he faithfully came to church, he sat at that table, he opened a Bible, he opened up his Sunday school curriculum and he taught me about Jesus. And you know, I'm a firm believer that there's two reasons that I I stand here today, not only as a pastor, but as a follower of Jesus. So last, last Sunday was my 19th year following Jesus. I actually forgot, it was July 3rd, 2003 when I gave my life to Jesus. And I think the reason that I've gave my life to Jesus Christ outside of the sovereignty of God, actually, but was partially because I had a mom and dad that took me to church on a regular basis, which I'm thankful for. But there were so many men and women throughout my childhood that even when I was disinterested in God and disengaged with God, that faithfully poured themselves into me and helped mold, form, shape, and fashion who I am today. And friends, I want us to answer that question today. Why do we do kids ministry? Like, why does what we do today, why will it matter 20 years from now? Because we don't know the kids that you're gonna invest in this week could be kids that are in our kids' ministry every single Sunday, or it could be a kid from the community, but your investment could make a generational impact that you will never know about. Zoomerang, how 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 timely is it that our VBS this year is Sanctity of Life VBS? My gosh with what's going on in our country with Roe v. Wade and so many other things. I think God and his sovereignty aligned those pieces perfectly. But this week, 40 to 50 kids, maybe even 60 or more. Ryan said we can't have more than 60. We'll see. <laughs> but all of those kids are going to come through here. Some are, some from the community, and they're going to hear that they are valuable to God and that their life matters. That's important. This week, our our kids, right now, as we're in this room, gathered together, there are faithful volunteers who are pouring the Word of God into their lives, coming alongside families to what you hopefully regularly do at home. Why does all of this matter? Why do we invest time and resources and people into kids' ministry, let me give you a few statistics. And I don't normally do a lot of statistics, but these are kind of mind-blowing. I'd write them down, put them in your cell phone, uh, because next time you're like, oh my gosh, I have to serve in kids again, look this stuff up. This will change your perspective. Several co- different groups have done surveys on this, but they all come to the, basically the same um, numerical conclusion. Here's the first one that of people walking with Jesus right now, currently in the United States, you ready for this? 75% of those adults came to faith in Jesus before they turned 18 years old. You hear that? Three out of four, 75% came to faith in Jesus before they turned 18. I bet if we did a survey of the room this morning of people that claim to be Christians, we would find that that is probably true in our church as well. Kids ministry matters. You want to blow your mind even more? Of all of those people who came to faith in Jesus, you ready for this? 43% of adults that are currently walking with Jesus came to faith in Christ, 43% before the age of 12. Kids ministry matters. Now think about this. One survey. One survey. of current adults, excuse me, that have come to faith in Jesus before the age of 18, 90% of them, 90% said that a weekly Sunday morning kids ministry played a pivotal role in their conversion to following Christ. It matters. Listen to this one. This blows my mind too. 60% of adults that came to faith in Jesus before the age of 18, you ready for this, Ryan? You're going to want to hear this. 60% of them said, you know what, VBS played a major role in me coming to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Do we see the value of kids' ministry in the context of the local church? Our passage here in Matthew chapter 19, I want to show us two things rather quickly because we're going to do a a little prayer uh, moment here at the end of our our service today. I want to show you an interaction that Jesus had with a group of kids, and we're going to answer the question, why kids' ministry? Why does it matter? Here's the first one if you're a note-taker. First, we see in this passage, Matthew 19, that it helps us keep a kingdom view. It helps us as Jesus' followers in the local church to keep a kingdom view, In Matthew 19, the chapter previous to this, Jesus has just finished an incredibly long sermon. And now in in Matthew chapter 19, right before this interaction, he's addressing the issue of marriage and divorce and how all of that works in the kingdom of God. Now in verse 13, a group of children are brought to Jesus. Look what the Bible says. It says, little children were brought to Jesus for him to do what? Place hands on them and to pray. We could glance over that, think this is not really a big deal, but in first century Jewish culture, this was a very important cultural moment for these families. Because what was very common was if you were a parent, a mother or a father, you would take your children, you would find a rabbi in the area that you lived, and you would want that rabbi to lay hands on your children and to bless them. Now, the Bible is not very specific here in verse 13, how many children were brought to Jesus. But it's important to note, and not to get too much into the intricacies here, but that word brought, it's an active verb in the Greek language, meaning that people were bringing kids to Jesus. It gives us this picture, and most Bible teachers would agree that there was probably some kids already there, but you could probably look off in the distance and people found out that this Jewish rabbi named Jesus was in the area. They'd heard what he'd done. They had some insight into some of the things he was doing around their region. If you had any rabbi that you wanted to bless your kids, it was probably gonna be Jesus. So people are bringing their children from far and wide because they want Jesus to lay hands on their kids. And what should have been a welcoming moment for these families was actually met with opposition. Look at verse 13. So the children were brought to Jesus for him to place hands and pray, but, underline or circle that in your Bible, but the disciples rebuked them. The disciples rebuked the families and it rebuked the children. Why? Because they saw these kids coming to Jesus as an interruption to the important ministry that Jesus was already engaging in. How do we know that? Because in chapter 18, the first uh, first part of chapter 19, what was he doing? Man, he was talking to the Pharisees, the religious leadership of the day, talking important theological things like marriage and divorce. Jesus doesn't have time for these families, and he doesn't have time for these kids as the mindset that the disciples had. He's just too busy. But I don't want us to miss this. We can read that verse right there and see the disciples rebuked them. And sometimes, if maybe you've seen this portrayed in a movie or a cartoon, we think that the disciples are like, just like, shoo, shoo. Like, y'all just need to get away. You're, you're bothersome. Just, da, da, you know, go. that's sound like, da, da. I mean, that's probably the noise they make, da, da, get away. But what's interesting is that that word rebuke, again, we don't, we don't, I don't want to go too far into this, but it matters in this passage, is, is actually a word that means to punish someone or to be very angry with their presence, meaning that they were not just annoyed that the kids showed up. They were not just annoyed that the families had interrupted, quotes around that, what Jesus was doing. They thought to themselves, y'all need to get away or we're going to have a problem because what Jesus is doing with these adults is more important than what he would need to do with the kids. Now hear me, hear my heart here. Let's make a point of application real quick. Um, Which side of the story would we find ourselves? If we were to interject ourselves into Matthew 19, which side of the story would we be on? If we're not careful, we can be on the side of the story when there's kids in the worship center and a baby happens to cry where we think to ourselves, they just need to get that baby out of here. Why did they even come if their baby's gonna cry? I hate that, by the way. Crying babies are the sound of a church with a future if we've never, if we've never covered that here at Living Old before. We love kids at this church. There's been many times where we've been doing things here on Sunday mornings at the church and children are part of the worship service and they just happen to stand up and say something that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. (laughs) We have an option in that moment. How dare you get your child out of here or, man, I'm so glad they're in here with us. What better opportunity does the local church have than to disciple the children and what it means to find and follow Jesus? What side of the story would you find yourself on? Because, friends, we need to understand this truth today. I'm going to read this to you. The kingdom of God is just as much for the child as it is for the adult. Because while the disciples were frustrated and angry with the presence of the children, here's what I believe, and I'm going to prove it to you. I believe Jesus was just on the other side of them with arms ready to cradle that little baby brought by that mom. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus was on the other side of those disciples, ready to wrestle that five-year-old little boy who would have tugged on his cloak. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus was here ready to receive those children, but the disciples stood in the way. Which side of the story would we have been on? Let me prove it to you. Mark chapter 10, or Mark 9 and Mark chapter 10, the same story told from Mark's perspective, Peter's perspective here. And it says here in Mark 10, verse 14 so the disciples had just rebuked the kids and the families. And look what verse 14 says it says, when Jesus saw it, when he saw the interaction of the disciples with these families and with these children, he was indignant. Now, that's not a word that we use commonly in the English language. It's in my Bible translation. I want you to hear this. And if you have your Bible open and a pen handy, you need to circle this word and write this down next to it. That word literally means that Jesus was moved to a violent irritation, a violent irritation, Meaning that because those disciples were standing in the way of those children coming to Jesus, you ready for this? Let's put this 21st century modern WWE language. He wanted to throw an elbow on them. If Jesus was the rock, he would have thrown the people's elbow down on Peter, right? He is frustrated with these guys and not just frustrated, he has violent irritation towards them. It's why we see there in, in Matthew 19 that Jesus says in the next verse, leave the children alone. Now, hear me this morning. That's not Jesus getting down on his hands and knees and going, Peter, stop. What are you doing, man? Just, just, Peter, go over there and get some fish and bread, man. What? You, come on, get out of here. I mean, I think Jesus probably stood up and screamed at these guys. And he says, what are you doing preventing these kids coming from me? Get out of here if you're gonna stand in the way of these kids coming to be with me. Now hear me with this this morning. The Psalms say that kids are a blessing and a gift from God. And how dare us if we ever view them as an irritation rather than a blessing? How dare the local church if we ever view kids ministry as what they do over there and that's less important than what we do over here? That is not the heart of the kingdom of God. You want to know the heart of the kingdom of God? Serve in kids' ministry. You want to learn patience, you can do that too over there, right? But you want to learn the heart of the kingdom? You go serve in, in kids' ministry because you have the opportunity when you serve in kids' ministry to establish a foundation of faith to make sure that kids see that Jesus is an important part of their life and you get to help guide them into making decisions that will ultimately lead to them giving their life to Jesus Christ you want to change the future of a church in a country you ready for it serving kids ministry solutions are not always found in the government they're not found in all that other stuff that's all good things to participate in ready for it serve in kids ministry because if we can get kids to love and follow Jesus then we don't have to worry about the future serve man somebody Joe give me a bottle of water my gosh it's the heart of the kingdom And hear me this morning. We I don't have anything else to do, so let's just talk about this real quick. There is a cultural attack that's occurring against our kids right now. You know that? There's a cultural attack. Students, you guys are in it right now, where they're trying to educate our children on things that kids don't need to be educated in. My kids don't need to know who you're in love with, they need to know how to throw a frisbee. Same page? And so what do we do as the local church? We provide the refuge where we say, no, 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 not on our watch. We're gonna educate you in the things that matter. And then when you are old enough and able, we will propel you like arrows into the world. But right now, my 10-year-old kid and my five-year-old kid doesn't need that stuff. But hear me, the culture's trying to shove it right down their throat. You can't turn on a movie, you can't go to the theater, you can't turn on the radio, the music, none of that junk. And y'all, we have an opportunity to love and invest in children and point them to Jesus. And it is a battle and Satan is hating it. We've seen it this week and we're gonna get back to the notes in a second. In the life of our church, people that have lost jobs, marriages under stress, financial pressures, health issues. Do we know why all that stuff is occurring this week and not last week? (laughs) We know why? Because living hope has decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to march up to the gates of hell and shake them a little bit this week. We're going to go and we're going to rescue those who are destined for an eternity apart from Jesus, and we're going to shake the gates of hell. And when you shake the gates of hell, Satan mobilizes his armies. But man, what did the word say? Greater is he that is in me than is he that is in the world. We have a hope in Jesus. Let's get back to our notes today. Why does kids' ministry matter? Because it gives us a kingdom view, my friends. Here's the second one. It's a kingdom opportunity. It's a kingdom opportunity. Look at this in verse 14. Jesus rebukes the disciples. And then look what he says at the end of verse 14. I love this. Because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. He's talking about the kids. Watch this. If you want to know what it looks like to walk with Jesus, watch a child live out their faith. If you want to know what it looks like to pray, listen to a child pray. My, my, my oldest is in here, but I'll tell her a little story about her. She doesn't like this, but she'll be okay. I, I can remember when she was younger, three or four, and she struggled like many of us did at that age with bad dreams. And if you didn't know this, my wife is one of the sweetest women on the planet. And she told Sophia, I can remember the moments. She said, baby, if, if you're struggling with bad dreams, you just have to pray. You just pray about that stuff. We, just, we give that stuff to Jesus. And so Sophia would struggle to sleep, and Liz told her, we're just going to pray about it. And we'll both believe that Jesus will answer our prayers. And so you know what Sophia and Liz did? They prayed about it. And then Sophia didn't worry about bad dreams anymore. Why? Because she really believed that God heard her prayers. Adults, you want to know what the kingdom of God looks like in the avenue of prayer? Watch a child pray. Listen to how they talk to God. Listen to how they engage with Him. How often do you and I pray, yet we don't really believe that Jesus is going to do anything about what we said. But Jesus tells us right here in verse 14 that the kingdom of heaven is such as a child. You, you want to know how to worship? Watch a child worship. One of my favorite things in the world is to drive in our car and to turn on 93.3, the, I don't remember what the station's called, but it's a worship station. And you can hear real quietly out of my right ear my five-year-old daughter Colby who none of you have probably ever heard talk or sing before. <laughs> and sweet little Colby is singing praises to Jesus. And she's not trying to impress anybody. She's just sitting there in her car seat looking out the window singing the song that she hears. Y- you want to know how to worship? Watch a kid. I, I love... When I get the opportunity before service is starting, I get to peek my head over there and to watch the kids in their worship time. Now, there's a few different groups of kids. You have the one group that's like, they don't even know what's going on. You have the one group that refuses to acknowledge what's going on because they're like, this is just lame. Then you have the third group that actually engages in the worship that they have going. Miss Jenny is a gift to kids ministry worship, by the way. And you get to watch those kids worship and to watch them just throw their arms around. And to shake their hips and to move their hands. Why do they do that? Because God deserves it. They just know God deserves our worship. And they don't care what you think about it. They don't care. You wanna know how to worship? Watch a child. You wanna know what fearless evangelism looks like? The kingdom of God is such as these, by the way. You wanna know what fearless evangelism looks like? Watch a child. The last few months in the life of Living Hope, we've seen, I think we're up to nine kids that have given their life to Jesus in the last three months. I mean, that'll make a Baptist rip your shoes off and start running in circles around the worship center. My Lord. I mean, these kids genuinely repenting of sin and putting their faith in Christ, approaching their parents to have these conversations. My goodness. And to listen to your parents, then tell us, like, oh, yeah, we were at the family barbecue and my seven-year-old told all the kids that they needed to repent of sin and trust Jesus as their Savior. It's like, okay. (laughs) You want to know what fearless evangelism looks like? Watch a kid. I I was reminded of this. So when Sophia was four, she sat around a group of uh, kids at church. Here's what she said. Hey, boy, do you love God? The kid said, I don't know. She said, if you don't love God, you die in the dirt and worms eat you. And she said, I learned that from my dad, it's true. We don't recommend that tactic. But in her mind, she knew. If you don't know Jesus, then heaven's not for you. And that's all that mattered. And she took advantage of the opportunity there. If you want to learn what it means to really love the Bible and believe what God says, watch a child. I can't tell you how often my kids read stories in the scriptures. And they come down and are like, did you know that this is in the Bible? (laughs) We're like, okay, you can't read that chapter, right? (laughs) (laughs) Or they'll come down and say, hey, like we were talking about this story in the car yesterday. Mom, I just read this in my Bible. Did you know this fact about blank? I mean, they just believe it. (laughs) One of the things that happens in our family all the time, and Liz will tell you I'm not making this up is how often will we be at a movie or maybe we go visit a museum, and they'll come across the loudspeaker and say, millions of years ago, blah, 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 both of my kids. Not true. (laughs) I'm not making that up. Why is that? Because they just believe what the Bible says. And if God said it, that's enough for them. They love the Scriptures. We can learn a lot from kids, can't we? Because the kingdom of God is such as these. Look at verse 15 as we start to close. Ryan, if you want to make your way back to... We're going to get our kids for a prayer time here in a second. Look at verse 15. It says that after Jesus placed his hands on them, he went from there. Think about that with me for just a second. Jesus, God in the flesh, these parents bring these kids to, to Jesus. And they get through the disciples, Jesus rebukes them, they get through and imagine having your small little child being rocked in the arms of Jesus and you have to wonder what Jesus prayed over him. I don't know. We're not going to make any inferences here, I don't know. Imagine bringing your five-year-old rambunctious little boy to Jesus and, and he, he gets down on one knee and he puts his hand on your little boy's shoulder and he prays a prayer of blessing over your child. What would he pray? I don't know. But what I do see here is the heart of Jesus for the children. Friends, they're not a disruption. They're not an annoyance. They're a blessing. That's why we do this. That's why when you take this stuff down next week and we're taking all these, there's going to be paint missing and there's going to be holes in walls and there's going to be some of our prized possessions that were part of our ministry that you can't find anymore And if you get irritated and mad about it, oh, how dare those kids did this? There's what me and Joe's response is going to be. Get over it. Because there's kids now that are in the kingdom of God because we made an investment into heaven this week. The kingdom of God is such as these. And so here's how we want to close our our time this morning. They're actually going to bring all of our, our kids in and they're going to come down front. And they're going to say goofy stuff here in just a minute. You be ready for it. Some of them may even cry. Be ready for it. But what did we say just a few moments ago? A church with crying voices is a church with a future. Um, A church with rambunctious little kids is a church with a future. A church with bumps and bruises on the wall and scuffs and paint missing. That's a church with a future. And we will invest in that kind of a future 100 times over before we ever view Kids is an annoyance or a hindrance to minister here at Living Hope. After we pray over these kids, then what we're going to do is we're going to ask if you're serving in VBS this week or you're part of our mission team, we're going to pray over you to close our worship gathering this morning as well. Um, Because I really want this to be a cultural and pivotal moment in the life of Living Hope Columbus where we fully understand the importance of the investment that we're making into kids this week. So let me pray for you real quick, and then our kids are going to join us here in just a moment as Pastor Joe comes. God, we love you. And Father, we thank you for the reminder that we've seen today in Matthew 19. And God, in this next few moments that we have together, as we're going to pray for our kids here in just a second, God, would you remind us of the heart of Jesus? God, would you remind us of the heart of the kingdom? Father, straight from the mouth of Christ, we heard those words, let the little children come to me, leave them alone. And God, that's what we want to be about here at Living Hope. God, we want to be about the business of raising up the next generation of of warriors for the kingdom of God. And so God, I pray specifically for this next week, Lord, that we would view this as an opportunity, Lord, whether we're teaching a class, serving at family night, Lord, no matter what it is that we're doing in the life of Living Hope this week, God, it's an opportunity that we have to serve these kids. So God, forge in us the heart of the kingdom, the heart that loves kids as much as you do. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Are they back there, hopefully? Oh, beautiful. This is how kids' ministry works. So now you get to stand here awkwardly and stare at me for a moment. How's it going? Good. Good. See that you're hiding over in the corner so you don't have to deal with this. Here they come. You can hear them. I thought maybe the rapture happened and then we were going to have to have a real difficult conversation. Goodness. Here they come. awesome. There they are. Come on down here, Parker. Come up here, buddy. Can you guys come down here with us? You can sit on the edge of the stage, you can sit on the stairs, whatever, or you can go over there. (laughs) Guys, just grab a seat somewhere down here, down front somewhere, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. You guys can hang out. Come on, come hang out. What's up, fellas? Come on, guys, cool. I I see you, Lincoln. See what you're doing, awesome, cool. Good job. Well, hey, church family. Kids, we're only going to keep you guys in here for about one minute because I know you got important stuff going on back there, probably snacks and stuff, right? Yeah, Yeah, I knew it. But we've got VBS this week, and I know a lot of you are coming. Most, if not all of you, are going to be here. And so our church wants to pray with you guys that you have a really good week at VBS, okay? So church family, here's what I want you to do. Um, You'll typically see in Scripture's, that it's common for believers to kind of lay hands on one another just as a sign of agreement um, in what we're asking God to do. I'm not asking you to come and surround these kids. That's a security risk, okay? (laughs) But I'm just asking, when I start to pray, if you're willing and able, just take a hand and kind of extend it towards our kids here in a second. And would you join me as we pray over them in the week that they're going to have? Let's do it. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for these kids. God, we thank you for the crying voices. We thank you for the rambunctiousness. We thank you for the chaos that can be kids' ministry because, God, we don't view that as a burden, but a blessing. So, God, I pray for each one of these kids this week that, Lord, if they're already a follower of Jesus, that this week you would teach them and grow them and mold them more and more. And for those that maybe don't know Jesus yet, Lord, those from the community that are still going to be coming to be part of VBS, that God, give us an opportunity to tell them what it means to follow Jesus and to have an eternity in a place called heaven. God, we love kids ministry. We love our volunteers. And we thank you, Lord, that this is a sign for us, that God, we have a future. And Lord, we pray that you help us continue to make the investment that we need to into the lives of each one of these kids, because it matters to you and it matters to the kingdom of God. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. You can head back to your area, your rooms. Give a a couple adults some high fives as you go, okay? They need some high fives. Good job. Good job. Perfect. Good job. All right, you don't have to high five everybody, just a couple. Two or three. Good job. Parker's just going to meet everybody on his way out. Good job, buddy. I love it. We currently have 34 kids pre-registered for VBS, and so it's pretty special. Well, hey, here's how we're going we're to do this next section, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close out our service. Um, I'm going to ask that if you're part of our Arkansas mission team, Or, in some capacity, you're serving or helping in VBS this week. If you will do me a favor, just stand up right where you are. If you see somebody around you, um, again, we're going to follow that same model. You can put a hand on their shoulder, just reach an arm out towards them, whatever that looks like. We want to pray over you because we realize there's a spiritual battle occurring this week. Like I said a moment ago, when we shake the gates of hell, the gates of hell don't go down quietly. And so we're gonna ask the spirit of God to just protect you this week, um, to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding and for God to do something special in your life too. So let's pray. Stick a hand out, put it on somebody's shoulder towards them. God, we love you again. God, thank you for each one of these students, God, that traveled all the way from Arkansas. God, to minister alongside Living Hope this week. We love Indian Springs Baptist Church and the friendship that they've given us these last few years. God, I pray for each one of our adults in this room, Lord, that are are teaching, doing crafts, snacks, Lord, recreation, family night. so many moving pieces in VBS this week, and every single one of them has significance in the kingdom of God. Everything is used to point people to Jesus. And so, God, would you, Lord, first, God, protect our volunteers this week. Lord, we fully acknowledge that there is a spiritual battle, as Ephesians 6 says, that is occurring, Lord, that is unseen. But we also know that we serve a Jesus who is more powerful than anything we can't see. And so, God, I pray that you would protect our volunteers this week. Lord, for those that have already suffered loss of of job and health issues and, and family crisis that is going on, Lord, would you give them, as your word promises, the peace that surpasses All understanding. God, would you help us, Lord, in the midst of the heartache that many may be experiencing this week? Lord, as Peter says, where we cast our anxieties on you because you care for each one of us. You're a very personal God. God, I pray for gospel opportunity for each one of these adults this week. Lord, would you make us courageous, bold as lions unafraid, Lord, to talk about the Jesus who has saved us. God, we pray even for our mission team as they're serving in our community this week and not just BBS. God, would you open up their mouths to speak the mysteries of the gospel to every man, woman, and child that they encounter this week. Would you give them an utter fearlessness, Lord, not hinged on their own abilities, Lord. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians, we only come in weakness and trembling. But when we are empowered by the Spirit of God, Lord, you can do something magnificent. And so, God, we pray this week, Lord, that angels from heaven, God, would surround the Living Hope campus. God, that the enemy wouldn't be allowed within 30 miles of this place, but that the Spirit of God would descend on this campus, just like he did in the book of Acts, Lord, filling up your people to accomplish your work, saving souls that need to be saved. And Lord, I pray that you find us obedient this week. Jesus, we love you so much. Thanks for the story you're writing here, the miracle that we are smack dab in the middle of, and you allow us to be a part of. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.